0: Welcome to TwoQuestions.TV. With me today is our friend and series regular, Bob Bethel. We're talking about managing the finances of your business. TwoQuestions.TV. Brief questions, deep knowledge for executives, entrepreneurs, and small business owners. Welcome to TwoQuestions.TV. I'm Susan Barancini-Mill. Joining me today is one of my favorite guests, Bob Bethel. He's the orchestrator of 77 business turnarounds over the past 50 years. He's turned around companies in lots of different different industries and helped save over 10,000 jobs as a result of his strategic business counsel. And he's the author of this book, Strengthen Your Business, Fail-Proof Strategies for the Man Who Rescued 77 Businesses.
1: Hi, Bob. Welcome to the show. Hi. Thank you for having me again. I appreciate it. What a wonderful mug you have.
0: Why, thank you. Thank you. Someone very kind sent it to me.
1: I have one with something different. Oh, do you? I'm not sure you do. Yeah, mine's
0: different. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. You're an official regular, and you're my favorite guest because you sent me a mug, and there's only two in the entire universe.
1: That's it. For for a price, there can be more.
0: (laughs) All right, you heard it, audience. Let us know if you like your mugs. Bob will secure them for us. All right, Bob, let's talk business. Good. While we drink from our fabulous mugs that you procured. I was reading a little bit in your book last night, and it came across a section where you said that there's a big advantage to working with big accounting and legal firms. And only recently have I started to come around to this way of thinking. I spent a lot of years thinking that I didn't want to pay for their overhead. And I liked the idea of giving small businesses a shot. And, you know, I kind of like that feel. But there really are some benefits. So how did you come around to thinking about it this way?
1: Well, same same way you did, because uh, I like. Most small business people started with local, small firms, both right. in accounting and legal. And that, that served me well enough uh, until I started getting to the point that I was dealing with larger firms as it pertains to vendors mm-hmm. and lenders, uh, particularly, and then customers, um, uh, because as, as I started buying engineering firms, I found that a lot of, uh, fortune 500 companies dealing with us, uh, wanted to do cost plus work, for example. Mm. Uh, and that was my, that was my first time that I really ran across it because, They said, as part of the process on a quarterly basis, uh, we need to audit your work. And I said, great, no problem. Uh, We use Susan down the road. And they said, no, 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 no. We we have to have a national firm.
0: They're wise. I don't know anything about accounting anyway.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So... Uh, That was the beginning of it. And as time passed, I I found that having a national law firm uh, held me in very good stead from a standpoint that that firm uh, had attorneys in it representing all facets of the law, be that labor or tax or whatever, the patent law. So, just over over time, uh, and and thank goodness, very early on, because of uh, national companies, I was dealing with as as either lenders uh, or customers. Uh, I found that by doing that, it it put me in very good stead with those people, and even even though on the front end, it it cost you a little bit more, Mm -hmm. uh, over over a relatively short period of time, you will quickly come to realize it will save you money. And and just as an example, uh, our current national law firm we've worked with for the last 10 years, and uh, I have changed international law firms uh, based on various industries. <clears throat> there was a time that that I was working with engineering companies that uh, worked in the oil field, the oil industry, and we were international. And I found that using, for instance, Baker and Botts out of Houston, uh, one of the best known Uh, oil and gas law firms in the world. Mm -hmm. That was a real benefit to have them. Uh, But we're working on a deal right now. And had I not been using a national firm, uh, I would have had a real hiccup with this deal
0: Mm.
1: uh, with, with a local firm pure and simply because of their familiarity uh, with with the industry and the volume of work they do in that industry. So uh, I found it very much worth the money. And in time, it'll save you money.
0: Well, and you and I have talked, I don't think necessarily on this show, but in our, in our chats on the phone, we, you and I have talked about how there's a great benefit when you have someone who is a very clear specialist in a particular industry or in a particular thing they do. So, they do that thing all the time, and so there's no learning curve there, and in fact, you can learn a lot from that, so it makes sense, it makes sense.
1: Matter matter of fact, on a very regular basis to your statement, Mm -hmm. uh, our current attorney reminds me pretty well on a weekly basis that I do not have a license to practice law, so listen and don't try and teach him law.
0: Oh heck I bet you know more about law yeah, than Well no no, no
1: no he's he's very correct and 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 it's a and it's a good point <clears throat> matter of fact during one of our big acquisitions many years ago uh, I was uh walking around his office in fact practicing law and he said he said come with me come with me and we walked down the hall, and uh, I said, where are we going? He said, just come with me, and he opened this door, and he said, Lawyer Bethel, this is your new office, and walked me into a vacant <laughs> office. He said, if if you're going to practice, you don't need to practice in my office. You need your own office, so it it, it was a good point. You need to if, if you're going to have counsel, be it accounting counsel or legal counsel, you need to listen to them. You need to pay attention because they have your best interest uh, at heart.
0: Yeah, yeah, <clears throat> yeah. It's hard to do when we know everything, but, you know. Yes. <laughs> well, okay. You also say that it's important to reduce expenses in the business in order for the business to prosper. And you talk a little bit about salaries of owners. And when I read that section the first time months ago, I remember thinking some of my entrepreneur friends probably wouldn't like that very much. (laughs) But you have some really good reasons for it. So, why does it make sense for the business owner to stop taking so much money out of the business for his or her salary, among other things?
1: Well, having Having now taken over 79 businesses, Ooh. I've, heard, I've heard this every single time. Uh, for 52 years, I've heard this. And during my initial conversations with each and every owner whose business had gotten in trouble, mm-hmm. <clears throat> as I looked and asked the question of why are you pulling so much money out of the company Mm. and the same answer each and every time. And that is, well, the company owes me. I've put my blood, sweat and tears. And, and, you know, I started making really good decisions because I went in business very young and I, I was uh, timid as to saying no as to expenses. Someone mm. department head would come to me and say, I need so-and-so and I would hem and haw and well, okay. Uh, I I found a comfort point when I started looking at my business as as a baby. Yes. And and I, I'm dead serious about it mentally I started looking at my company as a baby lying in a crib and would I let anyone hurt or negatively affect that baby and the answer was of course not right and when so when I started looking at cost in that fashion uh my decisions were easy and <clears throat> and what happens uh, it, it, certainly, in all of the businesses I've been involved in, is the the owner very quickly comes to uh, believe in their heart of hearts that business does owe them. Heck, I stay late. I get up. I take care of all of these various things. I deserve it. Well, first of all is the company profiting to a level uh, that you do, in fact, deserve it? And and I don't question the fact of deserving it, but can you afford to pay it? And what I mean by that is it goes back to my core belief, and that is you must set the company up to profit. And in order to do that at the end of each month, you look at the end of the month and you go, wow, we had net profit of a hundred thousand dollars. I'm going to reward myself by taking 80,000 this month. Instead of saying, Hey, this is great. We need to set aside a cash reserve for the hard times. We need to take part of that money and reduce our debt, so, so it's, a, it's a discipline,
0: yeah.
1: and, and it's, it's got to go through the entire organization, and you know, I've, I've never been in an organization, and I've always been extremely careful about payroll, and whether you believe it or not, uh, very quickly, uh, payroll information gets out, now i'll give you a great example <clears throat> i sold I sold a very large engineering company to a public company in Houston that was acquiring engineering divisions, and it was headed up by the ex chairman of the board of Exxon, so they had tons of money behind them. They acquired my my company. And as part of that, I was put under contract to remain an employee of that company for a given period of time. At the time my company was acquired, there were a total of 21 companies in that holding company. Hmm. And they took the executives of each of those 21 companies, they took the controller, the president, the vice presidents, and those people were not paid at the individual company level. They were paid at the corporate level in Houston, okay, by the Houston treasury. And that was to maintain the privacy of the officers oh. of all of the companies. I had been with that company uh, after the acquisition for about 90 days when they had a controllers meeting in Houston of all 20-something uh, controllers from all of the individual companies around the country uh, to go over policy. mm mm-hmm. <clears throat> My controller had worked for me for seven years. She was a very intelligent lady. She came back and told me the salary of every single person <laughs> okay <clears throat> see see what i mean so So the point in that is employees are going to get a real good idea of what you as the owner make. Uh, They can can sharpen that from where you live. Uh, You're not gonna pull in with a uh, 560 SL Mercedes convertible and act like you're driving a Volkswagen. Right. (laughs) So as a matter of fact, for years and years, uh, this is horrible, but this is the way people think. There was a brilliant woman banker in Nashville. I was doing deals, and because I lived on a farm, I drove a pickup truck. Now, that pickup truck had all of the bells and <laughs> that you could possibly think of. I had a friend, this is an honest to goodness fact, I had a friend who was also in the development business and the deal business, and he went to an auction and bought an old Rolls Royce convertible. Classic. And, And I think at the time he paid like $20,000 for it. Well, he and I both had this lady banker. And my pickup truck, the list price on it was $55,000, okay? She called me and she said, because unwittingly on his part, This other guy did some TV commercials, and it showed him driving down the interstate with being filmed in his Rolls Okay. (laughs) She called me the day those commercials aired and said, have you seen that idiot? The (laughs) arrogance of driving a Rolls Royce. Well, the day he bought it, he came by my office. He was like a little kid. He had him an antique rolls It didn't cost very much money, but he was stupid enough to go on television with it, okay? And she just literally quit doing business with him. It just angered her so bad. So you as a business owner... if you think it's okay to drive a brand, if you've got a bunch of debt in your company yeah, and you and your wife go out to the country club and act like billionaires, guess what? Your banker's wife's sister may be sitting there watching it. And I don't care if you live in the middle of, London, Paris, New York City, every town ends up being a small town. Yep, yep. And the minute people start saying, well, have you seen Bob Bethel? And have you seen what he's <laughs> driving? And do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, well, and, and
0: that's true if if you don't pay your people well. Exactly. If you're really underpaying. And okay. that happened to me. That happened to me. I worked for a private company, and I didn't make that much. And every month, the owner would come in to our company meeting and talk about his boat. And he'd talk about his place on St. Bart's. And he'd tell us all the luxury things he was doing. And I remember thinking, why am I making you wealthy? Yeah. I could be exactly. making myself wealthy. Yes,
1: I hate yes. this. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so so it, it affects your team. Yeah. It affects your customers. It affects yeah. your lenders. It affects your vendors. Well, she's making so much money. I'm going to raise the price. Yeah. Uh, it's just pure old common sense. Now so, that doesn't
0: mean you can't live well. You no, can, if your no. business is profitable,
1: you're not in debt, you're paying your people well, right? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, you, you know, it, it is common sense, um, uh, It's something that, that I have to wonder, you you know, if, if your company's making a super amount of money right now, you don't know what it's going to look like a year from now. Why alienate all of these people, you know, wait until do do what my parents did. My, my parents made extremely good money. Uh, we lived in a modest neighborhood, uh, I didn't even know they had any money until I was in college. I honestly didn't. <clears throat> but we would go on vacations and once once we were a thousand miles away from home, our vacations were lavish. But yeah. guess what? Dad's customers, vendors, lenders, no one saw that. No that is one so no one judged him about that. Yeah. And, and you just have to think that way.
0: Yeah. I love that. I love that. That's, that's good yeah. comments. I like that. I like that. Bob, where can people find you?
1: RobertThomasBethel.com. Perfect. Or they can get on Amazon and buy the book. The book? Do you mean this book? That book, yes.
0: <laughs> all right. Do you want to join me for the after show? I do. Awesome. All right. We'll sit and chat and drink some tea. Wonderful. Or whatever's in your mug. What's in your mug? Jack Daniels. No, it's not. <laughs> it's not. <shipping> it's not. whiskey. <laughs> no, it's not. What's really in it?
1: Water. Okay.
0: <laughs> I even, I'm even drink, drinking hot tea today, so I can have this mug. and Yes. There right. you are. Bob, thank you for joining me today for this show. We're going to go into the after show. Now, viewers, if you'd like to join Bob and me for the after show, come with us. We're going over to twoquestions.tv. It's the only place you can see the after show. So if you want to see it, come over there. We'll see you there. In the meantime, here's the book. We're going to have links down below in the show notes for today so you can get your copy. And you can also find Bob there, too. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next time. This has been twoquestions.tv. To subscribe to our YouTube channel, learn more about the show, the guests, and our host, Susan Barancini mo visit us at www.2questions.tv.